All right, we're going to get right to the message, because Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 20, we're going to be teaching today on, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Say that with me. But the Lord is in his holy temple. All right. Now, I gave you this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, I told you this morning that you are. Let's do one verse. 1 Corinthians 3 and 16 on the screen. We just get into our message. Got a lot of words for you this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. Just one verse. Told you where God is. Your answer is where God is. If you can just understand that he's not far away. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. When you get this, say amen. It's on the screen, just one verse. Know ye not that you are the temple of the living God. Say, I am. I am. Now, if you got Christ in you, now we know, you know what that means, right? Say, I am, I am. the temple. I got less, less people said it after I told you than I got the first time. If you're born again, you got Christ in you, right? Amen. All right, say, so I, I am the temple of God. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of God lives in me. Lives. This is his house forever. forever. He's not moving. He's All right. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. When you realize God not moving, he already bought the house. He did not rent it. Can't put him out. Because you're not his landlord. It's his house. You've been bought with a price. Let me show it to you. First Corinthians 3, uh, 6, verse Corinthians 6, 19. First Corinthians 6, 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? He say he's talking about my soul. Right. Which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God. In your spirit and your body, your spirit, which belong to God. So the house belongs to God and everybody in it, which is clue to you. All right. So God's not leaving this house. He's not moving. He's here for eternity. That's what eternal life means. He's here for eternity. Somebody say amen. All right. All right. Now, what I want to do today is I want to teach on this. Say, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Now, this is very important now to just take one solid hour of your day because once you realize what God is, then you don't have to worry about all this other stuff. That's why Philippians 4, 6 is, is going with it. People worry because they don't know what God is. Let me show you what Jesus said. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Watch what Jesus says. Matthew 6, I think, verse 9 I want. This is not in my notes. I'm just going to Matthew chapter 6. That's it. Verse 9. Glory to glory to God. First Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9 on the screen. When you get there, say amen. All right. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which where? Everybody. Our Father, where is he? Where's the Father? Where's the Father? It's in heaven. Now some of you are not saying anything. I need you to, for one hour, just help me out. Just for one hour. Okay, I only got a few more teaching in this series. That's why I'm not going to do it anymore. I think I ran out of gas. Be my gas today. All right, Matthew 6 and verse 9 says, After this manner, therefore pray you, our Father, where is he? In heaven. Now, when we find out where heaven is, then we're going to find out what God is. 
Is that fair enough? All right, now let's go to, I can't go over everything I did this morning. You got to get this morning tape. Let's go to uh, Psalm 11. I got to go to work. Psalms 11. Psalms 11. We're going to look at verse number four. We're just going to do one verse. Psalms 11 and four. Told you what God is. Let's read it. The Lord is in his holy temple. I'm going to wait for you to read. I know you're looking. That's good, but it's not a movie. Read. Verse number four. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Wait a minute. His, he's in the holy temple and his throne is in heaven. So people think he's sitting up there somewhere on the throne. Well, if you know where heaven is, you'll know where the throne. Hmm. My God. This is a throne of grace now. Okay. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyes try. What? His eyes behold. His eyes try the children of men. Isn't that something when you're looking at people, God looking at them through your eyes? Hallelujah. That's why you got to make sure you're not looking at the wrong thing. First John 4, 4. I give you that one. Then we're going to go to Galatia 2.20. We're going to give you a lot of words. I just got to move this morning. This, this got to be the climax. I got something else already for next Sunday. 1 John 4.4. 4. This is what John told the church of God. 1 John 4.4. 4. Because they were going through tribulation. And he didn't want them to do those things. Worry. Get all stressed out. See, when people do what I'm telling them right now, they don't want to worry about no worry. They don't want to worry about all that stressed out. You don't have to worry about your needs being met. Because you'll know, if you know the God inside of you, that's what he specializes. But my God. Philippians 4, 19. See, he specializes. But my God shall supply. And that's what grace does. Supply your needs. 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children. And have overcome them because greater, come on, read with me now, because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So I got to understand, greater is the God in me than anything on outside of me. My God, God you, you the majority. You and God is the majority. Say, I and God is the majority. Right, I don't care if it's 10,000 out there, I got God. And if God be for you, some of y'all know, some of y'all know a little word. Know a little word. That's 1 John chapter 4. Let's go to Galatians 2.20. You're going to back up. Before, before Ephesians, you got Galatians. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. We, we say this all the time, but I want you to come to the reality to notice. We got people watching this broadcast from Oklahoma, from Michigan, Texas, Florida, New York, Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, Tennessee, Mississippi, Japan. And we want, to, we want to thank God for them watching, right? And will you do that? Now, I told you this morning, I told you this morning, one of our mothers here has a brother. Some of you may not remember him, but he go to this church. I'm his pastor. And he's at the Regency. And not the one here in Pontiac. There's another Regency. And that they have agreed. All the people who are watching television on Sunday morning have agreed to watch our television broadcast. Ain't that something? 
So come on, let's welcome Alfonso and all those people out in the regions here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Isn't that awesome? We got people who are beauticians out there in California. You probably get a text in a few minutes on Facebook. But they're in California. Beauticians who doing hair can't get, the, can't get away from their beautician shop. Give to this ministry from California. Come on, we, we, come on, God is doing awesome work, man. God doing awesome work, amen. We, we got people, we got people that, uh, that's in uh, Tennessee, Nashville, we're not talking about. You know, they watch our program. All these people that I'm talking about, some of you are going, you're going to see it on Facebook in a moment. Their name going to click up. What we're doing, we're just getting their names off and put them on a list so we can say something. So you folk out there who are watching us on television broadcast, wherever you are, you can give us a shout out. We can let the folks in Pontiac know that you're enjoying the word. Amen. Ain't that right? Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, are you there? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, watch this, who loved me and gave himself for me. Where's that same Christ at now? He's he living in me. See, that's why that makes you the house of God. All right, now, say that makes me the house of God. All right, now, because I'm getting ready to come to your house. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's go to Zechariah 2.13. You can start at Matthew and bag up. Get the Zechariah quicker going that way. Zechariah chapter 2 verse 13. See the Bible is filled with where God is. Now Israel in the old covenant, their success was knowing where God is. Most people can't get a prayer through because they're not focused. They don't know where God is. They're praying to the airways. They think God is over there somewhere, up there somewhere. How you gonna get a prayer through? It's no different than that they want me to do something. You don't know how to reach me. You don't know who I am. But if you got a phone, now old, older people used to say in my day, I got a telephone in my bosom, dum, 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 and I can call him. See, all that's, all that's old stuff. You don't have no telephone in your bosom. But you do have Christ. So you're looking at, you can call him. It ain't you need to call him. You need to know where he is. Say, the Lord is in this holy temple. Yeah, that's where he is. And guess what? God not planning on moving. He bought the house. So all these folks talking about all this other stuff that we're going to, all this other stuff, God not going nowhere. And you can't move because you don't own the house. Huh? That's the only thing God told you, to be absent from this body, to be present with the Lord. Once you leave this flesh, you're still with the Lord. Because the Lord would never leave you. And the Lord would never forsake you. So you can boldly say, see, once you realize all this stuff, somebody find that for me. You can boldly say, that's what the Hebrews say, the Lord is my helper. So you got to realize, why is he in the house? Some of y'all don't realize, you, you know you need help, you just won't acknowledge it. And the Lord is in the house to help you. 
That's why he said, come boldly to the throne of grace that you can obtain mercy and find. Well, if I can get a church that know that word. You can, you can know, you can, you can find grace to do what? We just going to show you the verse because so I'm asking for it, but I'm not getting it. If I can get somebody. What is it? Hebrews 4, 16 is one of them, but I need the one, the other, I said it the first time. That's come boldly. I want that one. But I want the other one, other one, other one's told you also. I gave you two verses. How many remember the first verse I gave? That's, that's Hebrew 4, 4, 16. I got that one. That you may boldly say. See, I, I'm saying, do you hear me? That you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. That's what I want. See, that's what I'm saying. I say a lot of stuff, but I got to make sure I don't go too fast so you, you don't just think, take it for granted that you heard what I said. There you go. Now, let's look at these two verses. Here it is. Then we're going to go to Hebrews 13 and 6. Now, you need to mark in your Bible both of those verses. See, you don't need to feel like you knew them. You didn't know it. Bag up one verse. Because that's what he said. Let, now, here we go. Here we go. Let our conversation be without covetousness. What covetousness? Never have enough. See, let your conversation be without covetousness. Stop acting like you don't have enough. You got God. You just don't know who you got. Let it be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Be content. How can I be content? For God has said, past tense, this is what he already told us, I will never leave you. Where's God? Amen. See, that's why I got I got if I can get you just to realize God's in you, if he's not soon, this service is over, get down here and make sure God's in you. You can't be playing around with this thing, man. I know how I get my needs met. And then a lot of time I go out on the limbs. How many know what going out on the limb means? That means you already reached your budget. You can't go no further. But you went out on a limb. Gonna pay them next week. Ain't that right? You went out on a limb. Because you got confidence in God that next week he's gonna be here. Some of you all don't think, but that's how you do right now. That's how you do God right now. Don't have it, but you know God gonna give it to you before next week. Huh? It ain't you got confidence in your check. You got confidence in God, but you just ain't realize that's who it is. You already know all your needs are met. And you don't see it, but you already believe that. Some way, somehow, God going to make sure you have enough to pay your bill. God going to do something if he have to talk to somebody that's broke to give you some money. If you can, if you can handle that. All right, here we go. Come on, let's put that. Let your conversation, this is the way you live. You let your conversation be without covenant and be content with such things that you have because God already said, I will never leave you, not forsake you. Somebody say it's right here. Come on, I need, some, I need your help not right now in this service. Say so right here. He said, I'll never leave you. Come on, call your name out. Call your name out. Don't worry about me. Pastor Crump, God said he'd never leave you. I heard it. I heard him say that. I heard him tell me. You heard him tell me? I heard him tell me. So that's why he said, I never leave you and I never forsake you. What else did he say? He said, so that you may boldly say. See, he's already told you he's not going nowhere. He's here for eternity. When you broke, God ain't broke. No, you didn't hear what I said. 
Because you broke, that don't mean God broke. I'm not, if I'm broke, Wade ain't broke. And Wade, me and Wade like this here. You know, we got, we got our brother and sister sitting right there. So, we, you know, all up on the front row. You know, all the folks sit up front, they got money in some church. I'm not putting them on the spot, okay? But because, look at she said, I'm moving. Hey. But, but if you got somebody in your life ain't broke, I got my, you know who this woman called me? Bishop Big Daddy daughter. I ain't never broke. See, you can, whoever you got in your life will determine whether you broke or not. It ain't just about you. It's who you connected to. Ain't that right? Yeah. See, I got Sister Crump sitting. I got, look on the first little on the side of her. Never broke. So why, why? I, I can boldly say. Watch this. So that you may boldly say. Watch this, we're going to do. So you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Say, the Lord, the Lord is my helper. The Bible told you who the Holy Ghost in you is. He's your comforter. He is your helper. That's what he in you to do, to help you in time of your need. See, that's why some people can't get through because they don't know what God is and they don't know why God is in them. I'm telling you why God is in you. He in you to help you. So the Bible said, and I would not fear what man shall do unto me because the Lord is my help. I would not fear what man would do unto me. See, that's how you got to live your life. Let me move on. Hallelujah. We went already did Zechariah 2.13, right? Let's do it. We, we, we're there. Zechariah 2.13. That's where we're supposed to be. Be silent, O flesh. Zechariah 2.13. Be silent, O, o all flesh, it says, before the Lord, for he is raised up out of his holy habitation. Now, that's where he was in the Old Covenant. Now, when God raised up in the Old Covenant, they knew the enemy was in danger. They had a psalm, a psalm like this, let God arise. And what happened when God arrived? His enemies be scattered. See, that's what you got to understand. That's what praises does. Oh, my God. The Bible said God does what to the? He inhabits the praises. He lives in the praises of his people. He manifests himself in the praises of his people. So that's why when we come in here, we want you to get involved because we want God's presence to be in the house. Ain't that right? Let me move on. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 26. Deuteronomy 26, 15. You might want to get a pencil and start marking some of these. Your cup get ready to run over, spill over a little bit. Deuteronomy. Chapter number 26 and verse 15. Now watch what, watch what, the, watch what the psalmist says to him. He said, look down from heaven. There it is. Look down from thy holy habitation. Watch this. From heaven. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't think. See, I've been asking y'all where heaven is. I'm showing you some scriptures now that the holy habitation, which is the church, who is you, is the place where God lives. So when Jesus prayed, Jesus prayed, our Father, which art in heaven. Well, what was he looking for? He wasn't looking up there. He was looking in here. Israel was looking in the temple. 
So when Israel went to the temple to, to give their sacrifices, they were going to heaven because that's what Jerusalem was. See, you look, we think about going somewhere up there. Like I told you before, I do believe in the kingdom of God. I do believe that if the, where Israel is gone and all the people gone before us, there is a kingdom where they are. And then also there are the stars over us, which also are the heavens. See, you look up and see the sun, the moon, the stars, that's the city. That's a city. But also in the earth, Israel and the church both together became the city of God. That's why you're the temple that's in the city. So everything God did in the old covenant, he did in the new covenant. We're the fulfillment. That's why you have to have Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. Each part, each person played a part in what God did. Ezra was responsible for building the temple. Nehemiah was responsible for building the walls around the temple. And then Ezra brought the people. See, that's why they three books. And that's what Jesus Christ came to do. To fulfill what was written in the Old Covenant. But you are the temple. That's why Israel is the city of God. And he told them, you are a city set up on a hill. You, 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 you can't get rid of your life. You are a city. He called them a city. That's why you have New Jerusalem. But we are, not the, we are the temple that's in the New Jerusalem. You got to see what God's doing. All right. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 15. Look down from thy holy habitation, which was Jerusalem, from heaven. Somebody said, from heaven. From heaven. Say, God's holy habitation, God's holy habitation. Is, the is the same as heaven. Come on, I lost half of y'all, because you God's holy habitation. So if you God's holy habitation, guess who heaven is? See, you call yourself God's holy habitation, but you don't want to be heaven. Well, let me tell you something, God ain't in hell. So you better be heaven. Ain't that right? All right, look down from thy holy habitation from heaven and bless thy people Israel and the land, <coughs> excuse me, and the land which thou hast given us, as thou swear unto our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. So they knew what God was. Now here's the point. If they knew what God was, why don't we know what God is? That's the point. Let me show it to you. Let's show you another one. Isaiah chapter 6 to 3. We're going to go down back in verse 11. Isaiah 63 and verse 11. Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 11. Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 11. I will mention Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 11. You want to write down this note. We're going to go to Psalm, Isaiah, I'm sorry, Isaiah next. And that's 66, 1 and 2. Isaiah 60, 63 now, seven, uh, 7 through verse number 10, then we're going to skip down to verse 15. 7 through 10, then 15. Let's look at verse 7. I will mention the loving kindnesses of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord has bestowed upon us. See, we're thanking God for what he's done. That's a part of our thanksgiving. Which he has bestowed on them according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindnesses for he saith 
They are my people. Now that's old covenant. They can only be God's people. So the greatest miracle that had ever happened in the new covenant is you became sons of God. So you don't see it. Nobody in the old covenant could be God's son. The only man that's in the old covenant was God's son that was Adam. When you study the Bible, it's Adam, the son of God, in the genealogy. But nobody else could be God's son. In the new covenant, God made us his sons. I think you ought to clap your hands. Some of y'all ain't got it yet. Man, it's an awesome thing to know that he has everything. And that's my father. You ain't got the revelation yet. If you really believe that, you wouldn't worry about anything. See, that's what I'm trying to get you to see. You'll pray about everything. And you'll tell God what you need because he got everything. And you'll thank God for everything he has, has already, past him, already done. That's what grace is. It's what God already did. God don't care about how much he give you. Well, let me put it this way. God doesn't care how much he gave you. Because he has already given you all things. God gave one man, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, promised them, I'm going to give you the whole land of Canaan. The whole promised land God gave to one man. Doesn't matter. See, it's, it's, it's not a limit on what God will give you. The limit is how much can you believe? If thou can believe, all things are possible. When that man told me we're going to build this church, he said $3.5 million. My wife and I, we looked at one other thing and I, I could have, you know, I swallowed. <laughs> they going to be lying, I swallowed. <laughs> but the man looked at me like he called my bluff. He said, oh, to get that size church over there, you're going to need $3.5 million. He looked at me like, what, what you going to say, Rev? And I said, wouldn't you want to start building My wife's sitting right there. She know I ain't lying. I said, well, you want to start building? I'm, I'm ahead of myself. But I'm going to tell you this. We've been asking you to help us. And the reason why we want you to help us, because we want to have this thing done in 75, in, 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 in uh, 20, 2024, which is two years. I'll be 75. So we want to get this done. I don't, want to, I don't want to be worried about no building after I'm 75. I want to spend some of my life rejoicing. Ain't that right? So, so just, I don't usually do this, but I'm going to do this. We are, not, we are not at this moment, starting in January, just making monthly payments. Starting in January, we're going to drop under one million. Now, I just want somebody to rejoice with me. I want somebody to rejoice with me. I need somebody to rejoice with me. We were at, we were at, we were at six and a half million. 
starting this January, when we make our December payment, we're going to drop under one million. I need somebody. I need somebody who will praise the Lord. I need somebody who will thank God for what he's done. Like I told you before, it doesn't make a difference. God going to pay for it. Whether you help me or not. God going to do it. Why? Because he the one told me to build it. And when I say under one point million, that means everything. We owe on nothing else. Right now, we owe on nothing but this building. Everything else is paid for. Every pew, every chair, everything you see, everything in the back, the gymnasium, every, only thing you own is the building. In January of this year, we will be under. We will be 900 and some thousand. Won't be the more millions. I don't know how, I don't know how that make you feel. But that's what I'm talking about. And that's why I'm so confident that he that has begun a good work in us. See, you got to understand if God started it, it means it's already been finished. God is not trying to finish something. He, you don't understand. The reason why he start is because he's already finished. That's how God works. <laughs> God didn't put you in your mother's womb to start you. He put you in the womb because you had already been finished. So he put you in the womb so he could have a manifestation of what he's already created. <laughs> Woo, is he awesome or what? Psalm, Psalm 63 and verse 7. I would mention the loving kindness of the Lord, praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has bestowed on us, and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he has bestowed on them according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindnesses, for he has said, surely they are my people, children, watch this, that will not die. No, we are not lie. Now, you know Israel lied. So he was their savior. And then verse 9, in all the afflictions, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence, watch this, saved them in his love, in his pity, he redeemed them. He bowed them, that means he carried them. He carried them all the days of old. How did they get from Egypt to the promised land? He was carrying them. That's why their shoes didn't wear out. That's why their clothes didn't wear out. Because God was carrying them. You talk about how to stay young all the days of your life? Just get on God. Begin to walk in the spirit and let God carry you wherever you got to go. Oh, that sounds dumb to some people, but I tell you what, that's how God... Look at Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 10. Deuteronomy chapter 32. See, God carried his people. You, you, you look at the thing, you say, oh, they went across on dry land. They shoot and even get money. You know why? Because he 
carry them cross. See, it, it takes your spirit to believe that. Your mind can't handle that. We'll look at that. Give me a, get the first ready. All right, Deuteronomy, let me know what I'm going to start. Deuteronomy chapter number 32, right? Did I just tell you that? Deuteronomy chapter 32, what verse I said? In verse number 10. Watch what he says. Let's go to it. Deuteronomy 32 and 10, it says, He found him, talking about Jacob, in a desert land, in the waste, howling wilderness. As a matter of fact, the chapter before that told he was in Syria. In the wilderness, led him about instructed him. Look at all what God did. He found him. He led him. He instructed him. He kept him as an apple of his eye. As an eagle stirred her nest and fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them and buried them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields. He made him suck honey out of the rock, oil out of the flinty rock, butter and kind and milk of sheep with fat of lambs and rams of the bread of Bashan, goats with the fat of kidneys and wheat. Thou did drink the pure blood of grapes. Mm -mm -mm. But Jeshurim, Israel, this is what happened to Israel. They waxed old. I'm sorry, they waxed fat. Now, what they mean was they began to abandon God and they took God for granted. See, when God began to bless them, they left God. See, you got to look at your life. I had to look at my life. When I came here, I had nothing. When I say I had nothing, I mean I had nothing. I had 20 cents, two dimes, and I lost one in the phone book, three o'clock in the morning. Thank God that man answered that phone. Leroy Giles came and picked me up. I had nothing. Everything I have, God gave it to me. So why couldn't I believe him for this church? He found a man who will believe him. When you have nothing and God help you, don't forget God. The reason why I live for God, because I want him to know I'll never forget. See, that's why I always have Fred Hawkins watching us right now down in Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi. Why? Why am I saying it? Because I have him always saying, Jesus, I never forget what you've done for me. See, if you ever get that in your heart, the way you live your life speaks when I live my life, I'm saying to God, see, you can tell God with your mouth how much you love him, but you won't live for him. So I come here because I love God. There are people in this house, but not from Pontiac. Don't stand up on your feet. You're not from Pontiac. Just right, right there, I'm just going to show you something. They're not even from Pontiac. They're at this church more than you are. You live right here in the town. Just look around. Look around at people. people most people in this town in, in go to this church. They're not from Pontiac. And they're here every Sunday. Thank you all very much. Now, my point is this here. My point, you got to be able to say, wait a minute. These people, some of these people drive 75 miles. I see people here from Saginaw, down river, other side of Flint. People are driving 
from Detroit to this church because they want the word. Now, there are other folk in here that didn't stand up. It's okay. That's not what we want. My whole point is to let you know is you got a chance to be taught the word of the living God. If you ever want to get to where you need to be at in the spirit realm, you got to show God what he is. Let me say it again. You have to show God who he is. Or you have to show God what he is. Well, God is faithful. God looking for somebody else that's faithful. See, if you're going to walk with God, work with God, live with God, handle God's resources, God want to know, can he trust you? He want to make sure if you don't, get, don't make you rich, then you, then you turn, turn away from him. That's not what he wants. That's why every Saturday, I probably miss less than five out of 40 years, 37 years of pastoring, on a Saturday coming here, studying the word. And before 6 o'clock every Sunday morning for more than 25 years. I'm going to be here at the church. Why am I doing I'm not doing it for y'all. Of course, you're going to benefit. But I'm praying for you this morning, a little after 4 o'clock. I'm in my clock. My wife will tell you, I'm already up praying for you. Before you get out of bed in the morning, I'm your pastor. I'm going to pray for you. I want to see you with a hunger and a thirst for the word. I want to see you love God. I don't ever want to see you leave God. Don't ever want you to see you come to a place where you, you got too much of God. You don't need him no more. This is what happened to Israel. Watch this. Did God say he found him in a desert land? So you got to go back and look at your life. How was you came here? You don't have nothing. And then God bless you and you walk away like you don't even know him. He found him in a desert land, in a waste. That's verse 10. Go back to verse 10. In a waste, howling wilderness. That's where he found him. It led him about, instructed him, kept him as the apple of his eye, as the eagle stutters her nest and fluttered over her young, spread it abroad her wings, and he taketh them, bare them on his wings, so that the Lord alone, alone, alone. It wasn't your job, it was God. It was the Lord who led you. And there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high place of the earth that he might eat the increase of the field. Made him suck the honey out of the rock or out of the flinty rock. Butter and kind and milk and sheep with the lambs and, and, and ram of the breed of Bashan, the best of sheep and the goats with the fat, the kidneys and the wheat. He did drink the pure blood of grape, but just sure him, Israel waxed fat. And he kicked thou art Wax fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fur. That's fat, fur, fatness. Then he forsook God which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. That word mean he forsook him, mean he abandoned God. What an awesome thing to walk out on God. They provoked him to jealousy. We leave here, we're going to go to Deuteronomy 31. 14. They provoked him to jealousy with strange God. Start worshiping strange God, abomination, provoked him to anger. They would not sacrifice to idols and devils. That's what, why God, what happened to God. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 14. And the Lord said to Moses, now this was, this was God just told Moses, Watch what happened. They've been over here in the wilderness for 400 years. 
would I get them out of, out, out of Egypt and I take them into their promised land and they got all this stuff going on, they're going to walk away from it. I'm going to tell you, Moses, what's going to happen. Here it is, Deuteronomy 31, 14. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, the day is approached that you're going to have to die. You got to call Joshua and present yourself in the tabernacle of the congregation. I want to see you in, in the tabernacle. That I might give Joshua charge and Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of the congregation. And the Lord appeared in a tabernacle in a pillar of a cloud and the pillar of a cloud stood over the door of the tabernacle. Their God came down in the cloud. And watch what he going to see in verse 16. The Lord said to Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with your father. You give me the day. But this people will rise up and go a whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land where they go to be among them. And they will forsake me, Moses, and they're going to break my covenant which I have made with them. I'm telling you what the people are going to do before you, before you die. Moses ain't dead to chapter 34. God let him know. These people who, who was talking about how much they love me, they don't love me, Moses. They love what I'm doing for them. But let me tell you something. You got something to prove. That's why I told God. I said, no, that, I'm not loving you for that. I'm loving you because I love you. Just like Sister Monroe said, Jesus, I love you, I love you. Psalm 80. Let's go to Psalm 80. In verse 14. I don't even want the Lord to think about it. If he can say he'll never leave me, I'll say I'll never leave you too. Then I say, well, give me the grace to make it happen now, because I don't, that's, that's my goal. Everything I do, I'll tell God I'm going to do, I ask him for the grace to help me. Because I don't want to ever, ever act like I don't know God. See, it's an awesome thing to know God in church, because everybody in church is supposed to know God. But it's an awesome thing to be on your job. It's something else to be in, in, in a place where you have other folk. And the anointing of the spirit of the living God come up on you and you don't want to say, thank you, Jesus. Now, they don't know why you're saying it, but you know. You can feel the presence of God upon you and you're in a strange land. You ought to be able to say, ooh, thank you, Father. I, I thank you for that. Nobody know that but you and God. That's how you ought to live your life. Never be ashamed of your God. Never be ashamed. I watched the person. I was out to the mall. Matter of fact, one time we was in another state somewhere, and I've seen this happen. At a certain time of the day, they have a mat in their back, a little roll-up mat. And I don't care what time of the day they have to pray, they're stopped. Going to the bathroom in a mall. And this guy stopped with like, I'm like, what, what, like what, what's going on? Took his mat out, put it down on the floor, got down. Pray right there on the floor. Got to put a little mat back. Went on about it, didn't. Now, if they can do that to who they believe in, and you know the true God, and He lives right here. But 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 you know what they were saying? I'm not ashamed. So you got to come to a place that you are not ashamed of your God. Psalm, Psalm 84. I'm sorry, Psalm 80, right? Psalm 80 and verse 14. Return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven. He keep telling you, look down from heaven, thy dwelling place. Look down from heaven. And behold and visit his vine. Where, where's heaven? Let's go to, let's go to uh, Daniel chapter 6. See, we, what we don't understand in the new covenant is where God is. 
Daniel chapter 6. Watch Daniel, watch that. See, Daniel prayed, and I'm going to show you why he prayed this way. My God, my God. We're going to go to 1 King 8 after this, 27. We'll show you this. I got Isaiah 66 and 1, 2. I got to get that. Look at Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. And I'm going to show you why Daniel did this because I'm going to go back and show you when Solomon built the temple, this is what Solomon prayed to the Lord. Now, watch Daniel doing his day. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, what are you talking about? They had already signed a decree that nobody's supposed to worship God. Nobody's supposed to pray to their God. And they had signed it, except with the Medes and the Persians. But Daniel prayed to the God of Israel, or the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this God that he prayed to, he knew where he was. He was in the temple in Jerusalem. He has always been in the temple. Ever since he came out of Exodus, he said to Moses, when he lived in the mountain, he said to Moses in Exodus 25 and 8, build me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. That's what he told Moses to build the temple for. So I can dwell among them. Well, that's been fulfilled now. And you the temple. See, God has always lived in the temple. That's why he lived today. You want to put it on the screen. We'll wait for you. Exodus 25 verse 8. Always when I say something, you want to make sure you put that out there for the people. Exodus chapter 25 and verse 8. See, this is what God lived. Why did God build this tabernacle? Why did he have a tabernacle in the wilderness? Why did he have a tabernacle of David? Why did he have a tabernacle of Solomon? Well, all those places, they were types and shadows of you, your soul. So why did God create you? Why did he create you? To live in you. You are the house that he built. You're the habitation of God. Look what the Bible says. Let them make me a sanctuary. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. See, they was in a physical sanctuary so God could be among them, with them. He's not among you. He's in you. God, if you ever get this, the God that created everything lives right here in me. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Watch what Daniel do. Daniel's just getting ready to pray. But if Daniel want to pray, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chambers toward Jerusalem. Somebody said toward Jerusalem. Now, why did he pray toward Jerusalem? I'm going to show you that in a moment. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. Wait a minute, how could he give thanks before his God and he in Babylon? Come on now, Daniel's in captivity. He in Babylon. But he got on his knees and turned toward Jerusalem and prayed before his God as he did aforetime. Let's show you why that happened. Let's go to it. Uh, let's go to 1 Kings 8. I'm going to have to do that first. 1 Kings 8, verse 27. 1 Kings 8. Got the bag up to the kings. You always have Samuel, then the kings, then Chronicles. 
for his king. Hallelujah. See, when you realize, when you realize where God is, 1 King 8, 27. I'm going to give you, these are the verses I'm going to use. I'm not going to be able to read all of that. I'm going to give you verse 27 through 29. Let's do that first. Then I'm going to do 35, 39, 43. Those three verses. Let's do verse 27 first. He said, but, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the heavens of heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have provided. Now he's talking about the temple that he built. And watch what he said in verse 28. Yet have respect unto thy prayers of thy servant and to the supplication, O Lord my God. This is Solomon's prayer. Hearken unto the cry and to the prayers of your people, which thy servant pray before thee today, that thy eyes may open toward this house. God, your eyes may be open toward this house. Watch this. Night and day. Even to toward the place of which thou hast said, my name shall be there, which is Jerusalem. And thou may hearken unto the prayers which thy servants shall make toward, watch this, toward this place. So that when you get in Hebrew chapter 6, they don't have faith toward God no more. That's what that meant. All right. Because everything had to be, you had to turn towards God to pray. You had to turn towards the temple to pray. That's Old Testament. And verse 35, it says, when heaven is shut up and there is no rain, because, thou hast, because the people have sinned against you, if they pray toward this place and confess your name and they turn from their sins when thou afflict them, then hear thou, hear thou in heaven and forgive thy, their, thy servant. Well, hear thou in heaven, where was he hearing God? Where was God hearing them from? Come on, now, the temple is heaven. Now, in Jerusalem, they call the temple in heaven. Somewhere down the line, I'm out to get at least one amen. Now, give me verse, 30, give me verse 39. He's going to say it again. Then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place. Okay, now, where, where was God's dwelling place? In heaven. Okay, in heaven, where, where was that at? In Jerusalem, right. Now, all, all the Jews knew this because they all went to the temple to get their sins forgiven. They all went to the temple to do their sacrifices. They all went to the temple to hear from God. Moses is going to hear from God. He had to come in the door of the tabernacle and hear from God. You can't hear from God unless you're in the temple. That's what's going on now. You got people that are not the temple of God and say, I don't ever hear God say that because you ain't the temple of the Lord. Hallelujah. And verse 39, then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place. Forgive and do and give everyone according to his ways who hard thou knowest, for thou even thy only knows the hearts of all the children of men. And verse number 43, let's skip down there. Hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place. Over and over and over, hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place. Now, let me give you the new covenant because maybe that's what some of y'all are waiting on. Uh, Hebrew chapter number 4 and verse 4, 14. Hebrew 4, 14. See, it's no different. Hebrews 4, 14. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. When you come to church, God come to church with you. When you go home, God go home with you. When you go fly on an airplane, God fly on an airplane with you. You're not leaving God nowhere. Hebrews 4, 14, here it is. 
seeing then that we have a great high priest, where is he? He is passed where? Into the heaven. How many know where that at? See, that's the whole thing is, you know, you know what the word said, but you don't believe the word. Because the word said he's in heaven. Jesus said, when you pray, pray our Father, Matthew 6 and 9, our Father which are in heaven. But the Bible keeps telling you who you are, and you don't want to believe that's who you are. You are either, your soul is either in heaven or your soul is in hell. All right. Let's look at another one. Hebrews 6 and verse 20. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 20. I got others to go with that, but I can't. Verse 17 through 20, but I only want verse 20. Hebrews 6, 20. I'm sorry, I got to do verse 19 to be able to connect. Which hope we have an anchor. Look, verse 19. We have an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, that which entereth at that within the veil. Well, the forerunner for us entered. Even Jesus made a high priest after the order of Melchizedek within the veil. Go to Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. See, if you read your Bible, you'll see where he is. Hebrews 8, 1 and 2. Now the things, I'm going to wait on you. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. Now the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a great high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty, where? In the heavens. A minister of the sanctuary. Oh, he ministers in the sanctuary. Well, wonder who's the sanctuary. Who? Who's the temple? That's the sanctuary. The true tabernacle. See, that's who we are. We are the true tabernacle, which the Lord has pitched and not man. Man did not make this house. All right, look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1. Moving right along. Hebrews chapter 9. Then verily the first covenant had ordinances. See, this is what people still doing in churches right here. They still trying to do what the first church did in the Old Testament. Verily the first covenant had ordinances. Those were ceremonies, divine services, a worldly sanctuary. That's what, they, what I'm getting ready to show you. For there was a tabernacle made first with the candlestick. See, all that was the worldly sanctuary. The table of showbread, which is called the sanctuary. That was the worldly sanctuary. And after that, the second veil, there was a tabernacle, which is called the Holy of Holies, which had the golden censer in the Ark of the Covenant. We already taught on that. Let's go down and look at verse number six. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, according, accomplishing the services of God. They couldn't go in the Holy of Holies. But into the second veil with the high priest alone once every year, and not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the error of the people. The Holy Ghost did signify, watch this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet manifest while the first tabernacle was yet standing. So long as they still had the old tabernacle over there going to it, then they could not enter into the New Testament, into the new tabernacle. That's how it is with us. If you mentally still want the Old Testament covenant, the Old Testament table on the bread, the Old Testament water baptism, the Old Testament. See, you want everything old, everything natural. Listen, we're in a new covenant. There is nothing natural in the new covenant. Everything is spiritual. That's why you got to have faith in the new covenant. Old Testament, everything was natural. They had a natural man that came in and got bread on the table. That's what people want now. They want to step in a water baptism or join the baptism to baptize them. That's why John was killed. 
See, all that's Old Testament. Hebrews chapter 9, but I'm not done. I got to get to my verse here. That was, one, that was 1 through 8. All right? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. But Christ, verse 11, but Christ becoming high priest of good thing to come, a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. Watch this. He entered into the holy place. See, if you knew who the holy place was, you would know that's the church. He entered into the holy place. Somebody said, that's me. Watch, he entered into the holy place. Watch this. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. See, that's why you don't have to worry about water baptism. That's why you have to worry about repentance because repentance is to get rid of sin. Water baptism is to get rid of sin. Why are you doing that? Because you don't understand what Christ did. Christ has already entered into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption. What is redemption? It's forgiveness of sin. Some of y'all need to write it down. He has already obtained eternal redemption for you. For if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer sprinkled unclean sanctify the purified of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, somebody said the blood of Christ, offer himself without spot to God, purge your conscience, that's your soul, from dead works to serve the living God. God already cleansed your soul from dead works so you can serve the living God, and yet people are trying to spend their time, get water baptized to get clean, repent everything to get sick. You can't get clean no more. And for this cause, he's the mediator of the new covenant. All right? That's Hebrews chapter 9. I got to skip down to the last verse, and that's verse number 23. I'm going home. It was therefore necessary in verse 23 that the pattern of these things in heaven should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifice than these. For Christ, here it is, enter not into the holy places made with hands. That's why people still waiting for, the, for them to build a temple in Jerusalem. Ha! For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are a figure of the truth, but into heaven itself. See, if you really knew your soul was heaven itself, then get not one, amen. Not one light. Amen, light. Verse number 24. Christ is not entered into the holy place made with a hand, which is the figure of the truth, but in the heaven itself. Why is he there? To appear in the presence of God for us nor yet he should offer himself as a high priest entering into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once, in the end of the world, 2,000 years ago, has he appeared to put away sin 2,000 years ago by the sacrifice of himself. And as it appointed unto man once to die, but after the judgment, after this the judgment. So Christ, once suffered to bear the sins of many under them that look for him. See, that's what we're doing. We're looking for him. But we don't want to look in the temple. We want to look up there and see him coming. He ain't coming up there. God want to manifest himself to you in Christ, in here. Not coming in the air. But that's where most folks are at. And no good and well, you ain't looking for God. You ain't stayed up, excuse me, English, not one night. Not one 
Christ once suffered for to bear the sins of many, them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. He coming to bring salvation. Coming to bring salvation? I thought he, the Lord is your salvation. See, you're waiting on something that's, that's, that's not real. Come on, get up, get the Lord a great big hand, with you? Come on, get up and get the Lord a big hand. Some, some of this you get later. My job to give it to you. Come on, give him praise, give him thanksgiving. Come on, give him praise and give him thanksgiving. Come on, you're thanking God for everything he had done. And a new covenant, you're not trying to get God to do nothing. New covenant, you thank God for what he's already done. Come on, thank him for what he's already done. Come on, you already prayed. Now thank God for what he's already done. Father, I thank you for what you've already done. That means God has already worked it out. Why are you trying to figure it out? He's already worked it out. That's why you need to get up in the morning, go to bed at night, thanking God for what you all done. When you get up, go through, walking through your house in the morning, you ought to be thanking the Lord for what he's already done. No need to go into bed worried about your bills when he told you to don't worry about nothing. That's the first thing he told you to do. And what the church spend their time at? Worrying, worrying at the altar. Go up here and worry the Lord. God don't want you to come in his presence with no worrying. He told you to come in his presence. How, how many know how to come in his presence? You come in God's prayer with thanksgiving. You cannot get in God's presence with worry. You come in there with a praise, thanking God for what he's already done. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times. Come on, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. We're going to have my wife to come up. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. I declare, moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you which also you have received and where you stand by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you unless you have believed in vain. I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. This is how you're saved. You're saved by believing what God has already done for you, which is called grace. Christ died for our sins. He's already been buried and God raised him from the dead. When you believe that, that testimony comes in your heart in the person of Christ Jesus our Lord. And from that day on, you don't worry about your salvation anymore. Your salvation is Christ. Christ is your salvation. Christ also is your redemption. Christ also is your righteousness. Christ also is your peace. And Christ also is your joy. And Christ also is your turn inheritance. Christ is everything that you've been wanting from God. It's all been fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. 
That's www.mydoorfaith.org.